All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. Going to be here in the morning tomorrow and Friday. Should be interesting. See what kind of trouble we can get into. But uh, on the show today, I'm going to talk about a couple of weeks ago, I had Brad Duhlman on. He is one of the sons of Elmer Duhlman of Elmer's Auto and Toy Museum. That's being auctioned off next week. And the company that's auctioning this off is like, if you were going to pick from all the companies that do auctioning, I think you would probably pick this group. It's like the biggest in the world. I did almost like $600 million in sales last year, auctioning stuff off. And most of it, they're famous, kind of famous for cars, auctioning off cars. Um, and when I go home to see my parents, my parents will often be watching a Meekum auction. So it's Meekum Auctions. And I'm going to have John Kramen on. So if you ever watch Meekum Auctions on, I think, Motor Trend TV, you would see John Kramen. You wouldn't see him. Well, you probably wouldn't see him, maybe a little bit. But you would hear, you would for sure hear John Kramen. Uh, doing the commentating for some of those auctions, and you know they're they're auctioning cars off for tens of millions of dollars in the world. Uh, some some of these cars auction off for hundreds of millions of dollars. But anyway, the Elmer Toy Auto and Toy Museum in Fountain City. So the biggest auction place in the world is going to Fountain City, Wisconsin next week, and they've been working on this for a while. But they're going to Fountain City, Wisconsin next week for four days to auction off all this stuff at this museum. And there's. Um, we can get into it with John, of course, you know, some of the stuff he's seen out there. And maybe some of you have already seen it because it was a museum. And I think last weekend was the last day. Uh, Monday was the last day you could go and just check out the museum as a museum itself. Now it's uh, staged up and there's preview periods for the people that want to go check out the auction uh, themselves. And you can't spectate. You have to, like, pay. It's 100 bucks uh, if you want to get in, essentially, and you know, essentially a ticket, but if you, you maybe you'll bid on something, maybe there'll be something that goes for, you know, there's like oil cans and stuff. So if you just wanted like, Hey, I want something from the Elmer toy and uh, auto and toy museum where this, you know, thing went for a million dollars. I also got something. I also bought something at the auction for, you know, $1 uh, plus the hundred dollar ticket. Um, but anyway, yeah, we're going to talk about John Kramer and talk about what Meekum auctions is and, you know, what, what we can expect from the Elmer Auto and Toy Museum in Fountain City, what we can expect from some of the stuff being auctioned off there. Anyway, I'm going to get out quick so we can get to that interview. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. On the phone with me now is John Kramen. He is the director of relations at Meekum Auctions. Uh, he's been doing this since 2006. He's also the guy for for those people like my parents who watch Motor Trend or who have Motor Trend uh, on their Roku or whatever Motor Trend TV. Uh, he's he's usually the co- commentator and the the analyst uh, you'll be listening to. John, how are you? Hey, good, Rick, and thanks for having me on, man. Really appreciate you showing the interest in a big event we have coming up. All right, yeah, of course, uh, the Elmer Toy and, and Auto and Toy Museum auction is, is next week. It's a three-day event, and you know what? It might not be, like, the, the, the biggest event in our area, but I'm a guy that's gone, and you wouldn't know this, but there's a giant car show every summer in Iola, Wisconsin, and maybe you do know about it. I don't know, but uh, it, it's a, yeah, I've heard of it. I've never attended, but that's a big one. And uh, so when when regular families, John, go on vacation, maybe they'll go to Florida, to Mexico. We go to Iola for the week. <laughs> we pack up a trailer, we bring our junk, and then we sell junk for I, at at this Iola swap meet. 
uh, for a week. And that's kind of been our vacation the last, I don't know, 20 years. Um, we might, you know what, we might need to go to Mexico one of these times, but anyway, so for me, this, this toy and, and auto and toy museum getting auctioned off, just seeing some of the stuff on here reminds me of that every year of going to Iola and just, you know, like brings back some memories and, and, uh, obviously Elmer passed away and the, and the, the children now are, are, are auctioning this off, but, um, and Meekum auctions is in charge of it. And Meekum is, I, I would say probably like the most popular, Auto, would you say auto auctions, I don't know, company out there? Well, we certainly are the largest. Uh, we've been in business for 35 years, started back in 1988 and have steadily grown the business. I got on board, as you mentioned, in 2006. We went on TV in 2008, and Dana Meekram, our founder and president, selected me to uh, try out uh, as a role on a TV show. And here we are now, 15 years later, on the lead TV commentator and analyst getting a call the action at our televised uh, car auctions, and also, as you mentioned, now on both Motor Trend TV and on Motor Trend Plus. And we handle about 35,000 cars a year and over $600 million in sales, putting us in the collector car world at the number one spot. And I just want to do a shout-out. It's not all about collector cars. We're also, we do vintage tractors. We do vintage motorcycles. And as we'll be talking about with the Elmer's Auto and Toy Museum collection, where we're also a leader in what we call road art. That's our trademark name for anything that might be considered automobile or toy memorabilia. So uh, really, obviously, a lot of fun to be uh, involved in such a company that's got all of these different genres, all of them with very high interest. All right. So in in a, in the bottom half of the hour, we'll get into the Elmer to- Auto and Toy Museum and just what some of the unique yeah. stuff. And but can can you just answer this? Like Fountain City, Wisconsin, you know, a couple hundred people live there. It's in the middle of nowhere. Essentially, you're, you're like lacrosse. Winona would be the, the closest town. And Winona's not even I, I when I covered sports in Winona, the kids from the cities called the kids in Winona. Uh, when they played in state, the the farm boys, even though it was laughable because Winona is just a regular town like any other. But, you know, to, to the outside world, quote unquote, to the people that don't live in like St. Paul, Winona is a farm area. But Fountain City, definitely. How does Meekum, like the biggest, you know, one of the biggest, the world's biggest like auction uh, company end up in Fountain City? Like, how does that happen? Do you guys just, hey, we know this stuff is is like, did they contact you? Do you guys seek them out because of the stuff that's so rare there? Well, usually it's a little bit of both, but in this particular case, it was Elmer's, one of Elmer's last wishes that uh, Meekum handled the sale and the liquidation of all the assets at his toy uh, and auto museum. And it was kind of, you know, a shock to us, uh, Rick, once we got up there and we had a chance to look at the incredible volume of all of the inventory. But I think it was because of our our reputation and our results over the years, many years, of handling such a wide variety. I mean, there's motorcycles, there's cars, there's go-karts, there's pedal tractors and pedal cars and bicycles, there's sleds. I mean, the collection is so eclectic and wide-ranging, we're really ideal to handle a... a sale of the scope well john i you know at my funeral i hope pearl jam comes and plays for everybody that attends my funeral but pearl jam's gonna go uh no (laughs) who is this guy you know but but so when you like you do they send you pictures and you're like whoa actually we might need to come out and come take a look at this because i mean you put this out there john now every collector that's got a couple crap crappy things in their old barn are going to be sending you emails hey you should come auction my stuff off 
Yep, and we're glad to do it. But typically, typically, um, we would not do an on-site auction like this. Typically, we would have them brought to an auction at one of our many venues scattered around the country uh, at the course of the year. But what made this decision uh, so unique that we were going to actually all travel and be on-site for this is the way that all the items are displayed and the sheer quantity of the items just would have been a logistical problem for us to be able to take all of these items out. And I have to tell you, Rick, there is something magical about going in and seeing all these items uh, in the way that Elmer decided to display and collect all these items that I think our bidders and even folks who just want to come out and check it out are going to be able to really enjoy seeing everything before it gets removed. I also want to say that everything is selling at no reserve, absolute sale, so it will be sold uh, every item listed uh, will, in fact, be sold to the highest bidder, regardless of price. Might be some opportunity for some good buys there as a result of that. But either way, it's been a huge undertaking. In fact, it's been a couple of months for us to be able to do all the logistics of cataloging, organizing, photographing, writing the descriptions, getting everything posted and organized. And, you know, we're just, we're just on the eve of all of that coming down. How many times did you guys stop at the Quick Trip in Fountain City just to grab some, you know, a hot dog or something? Uh, that was our that was our that was our go to for necessary provisions. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. Well, you talk about how unique it is at the Auto and Toy Museum in Fountain City, Elmer's Auto and Toy Museum. Uh, I, and we'll get into it in a minute, but I'll just bring this up because otherwise I'll forget. Did, is the Model A still in the house, or I believe there's a Model A in a house somewhere? That's that's the interview I had with uh, one of the, one of the sons. <laughs> couple weeks ago. yeah as far as i know yes as far as i know that has not been removed and it is it's in kind of there i've had a chance to go in the house and see that in there uh and it's you know it's a great story uh when they bought the car many years ago the decision was made right at that time that hey this car's so cool let's go ahead and bring in the house and uh, uh what what we'll do is is all of the lots they won't be crossing an auction block per se what will happen is to the both the online bidders and the on-site bidders is there will be bid screens there'll be large like television style screens where oh, all yeah. of the individual lots will pop up on the screen as opposed to meek of tradition where they're rolling across the auction block and we found that doing collections like that that's a very fast and efficient way to do it and then, of course, once the vehicles and everything else in the group uh, are sold, we will assist folks at getting uh, them out of the collection and either shipped or, you know, loaded up onto their individual trucks or trailers. We have a whole staff in place to handle everything from A to Z. Are, is the is the Model A getting auctioned off? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> OK, so I guess I missed yeah. that part. I just it seems going to free up some space in the house. Yeah. Part of me. Part of me would be like, you know what? If we're going to keep one thing. We'll just leave the car in the house. But on the second on second thought, and you know what? Maybe we we could get rid of the car in the house. I, you know, there's a Model A in the living room here. Um, the house is not being sold, but the, but the 19 <laughs> the 1929 Model A Phaeton is being sold. Yeah. All right. So uh, before we get into that, okay, Meekum Auctions, they've generated just this year or just last year, five hundred seventy eight million dollars in sales. Um, Most of that most of that cars. Yeah. Yeah. Most of it's cars. Um, But again, like I said earlier, we have over the years, we've just there are so many companion products that 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 work so well with our with our list of car collectors where we've started to kind of operate outside of just cars and trucks. 
uh, into motorcycles, tractors, and what we call road art. And that's a huge part. There are many, many of our customers and collectors in general will cross-collect across these various uh, categories. Um, and, you know, tin signs and gas pumps have, have often been a pretty popular part of car collecting to decorate, uh, you know, car garages and different, you know, collection spaces. But it's gone way beyond that when we uncover collections like what's up at Elmer's. The mindset of our customer is, customers is, is they're really excited about adding the things that are a little bit easier to store and present than full-size cars. And these are great alternatives. And, uh, you know, this stuff is not going to go inexpensively, by the way. There's a huge collector uh, underground of folks that collect non-automotive, non-cars, uh, in addition to, you know, the traditional car people that also want this stuff, that you'd be, you'd be really surprised at, at, at where some of the prices are going to end up on this. And, by the way, I do want to say to everybody that might be listening, if you're curious, post-sale, you can go to Meekum.com, join up to be a My Meekum member, and you'll be able to go and access all the results and look at all of the individual lots, as we call them, and what they actually did sell for. So that's going to be a lot of fun to go back in and, you know, review several thousand lots after the auction's over with. Yeah, I think people can. It's hard to relate you know, I, maybe we all at some point had some of these toys as kids, like a pedal. I remember having a John Deere pedal tractor. I don't know if it was worth any money or, you know, probably if it was mint. But uh, I think people, it's harder to relate to that stuff than to see this car, this like old vintage car and go, wow, how much did that go for? Even though the the price might not be relatable, but we all we all can kind of relate. Um, your, your highest car ever, according to Wikipedia, so I could be wrong here. <laughs> But uh, back in, let's see here, was this 2009, you sold a 65 Shelby Daytona Cobra Coupe, um, $7.7 million. Were you, part of, were you part of this auction, John? Do you remember this? And, Ab- and- absolutely. Absolutely, Rick. Man, I remember it vividly. Isn't that odd? Uh, <laughs> probably because it was such a landmark car. Uh, it was a 1965 uh, Shelby Daytona Cobra that was the first American-branded car uh, to to win its class in Le Mans, Bob Bondurant, who's recently passed away, was the driver of that car. He was the guy that drove the car up on the auction block for us back in 2009. And at $7.7 million, even to this day, that remains the number one top seller of all time at a Mecham auction. Yeah, and for, for people that can't fathom that, uh, the, most, the, the highest auctioned ever car, uh, May 5th this year, a 1955 Mercedes-Benz 300 SLR. I'm not even sure I can. Ulenhaut Coupe. I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, in Germany, 142 million dollars. I can't. I can't fathom eight million dollars for a car, John. I, I I don't know what we're doing with 142 million dollars. Yeah, it's obviously it's a different world out there in this lofty world of you know very heavy you know seven figure cars. Uh, we just held a couple of weeks ago, we just held our Monterey, California auction, where every car in our top 10 was a million dollars or higher. Just to give you an idea of what's happening just overall in the collector car market, there's, I, I don't think it's uh, too far of a stretch, Rick, to call it really a frenzy right now. In fact, during the past couple of years, right during what we're referring to as the pandemic era, it has really seemed to have heightened a lot of interest on items that make people happy. People that are always thought, you know, maybe someday I'll do this, I'll buy that, I'll collect this. And it seems like a lot of people are just pulling the trigger and they're just not holding off anymore. And it's really driving the market. People are just kind of going for it. And, you know, life is short, have fun. And man, we're just in the right place at the right time to handle it. 
Life is short. Have fun. Buy this toy that's in a box that you don't ever open and can't play with because you want it new in box. Um, that's John Craman. He's with Meekum Auctions. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, th- them heading to Fountain City, Wisconsin next week for four days, I believe. Right. Four days. Uh, four days. At, at the Elmer right. Auto Toy Auto and Toy Museum auction. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. John Craman sticking with us. We're going to talk about the Elmer Auto and Toy Museum being auctioned by Meekum Auctions. John's with Meekum Auctions. He's the director of uh, company relations there. He's also the guy you hear on Motor Trend and Motor Trend Plus television station there, uh, the Meekum Auctions. Um, before we get into the dive into some of the stuff that's unique at Elmer Auto and Toy Museum, John, um, you guys... I believe I believe these are highlights this year. You you in your in your like media news release online, it said you sold the most famous Bronco of all time, the big Oli, uh, one point eight seven million. I had to roll, I had to Google it because I'm thinking, is that what we called the most famous Bronco? You know what Bronco I'm talking about? When I Googled it, that's not the Bronco I see. I see this like I don't know. It looks like a Baja truck to me. The, the this brown the, the first thing that comes up, the big Oli for me when I just Googled it. Um, what kind of, what kind of, uh, you know, media press release, uh, you know, deception are you doing here? Because this definitely is not the most famous Bronco. (laughs) Well, (laughs) to us, to us aging baby boomers, it could very well be big only reset the bar. This was built by Parnelli Jones, uh, in the late 1960s and has stayed and remained in his care up until the time that we sold it. Uh, it was a complete departure from off-road vehicles. You mentioned it looks like a Baja vehicle, and that's exactly what it was for. It dominated racing in the late 1960s to the early 1970s and remained in surprisingly good original condition. It sold right out of his private collection, along with some other vehicles and memorabilia. And like I say to those of us that... Uh, put Parnelli Jones up on the pedestal as an A-plus list automotive legend, certainly one of the guys that would go on the Mount Rushmore Automotive Hall of Fame. Uh, at, at least he would have my vote. It, th- that and combining that with just it, this vehicle set the stage for for what we know today as trophy trucks and Baja racing that continues to be you know, a big part of the appeal of, of you know, four-wheel drive uh, vehicles. Uh, and racing of those type of vehicles, and this was the one that started all and dominated. So um, if that's, why, that's why we put that one at the top of the list, even though there's another one yeah. uh, out there floating around, I'm guessing, somewhere that, that that's pretty yeah. well known as well that you're referring to. Yeah, there's a white Bronco out there somewhere that I would call <laughs> the most famous Bronco of all time for anyone that is, you know, uh, you know, probably 40 or over, over knowing anything about O.J. Simpson. <laughs> Not to your knowledge, that one is that one. Does somebody own that, and has it ever been auctioned off? That's a really, really good question. I, 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 I personally don't have any knowledge of whatever happened to that, to that vehicle. Uh, don't know, man. It's a very, very good question, and I would like to know that. I feel like as a guy up there uh, at Meekum Auctions, you should be hunting stuff like this down so that you can get <laughs> your ma- hands on it. If not, just to well, see. But what would you say? You know, top three most famous cars 
that you would like to, you know, maybe get, get Hamikam would like to get their hands on to auction off. I would say I'll give you my my most famous is I'm going to say just the Back to the Future DeLorean, something like that it w- would be, you know, maybe the most famous. But is there is, do you have like a top three, John, of like most famous cars in the history of maybe like probably like television, right? They would have to be television uh, to be worldwide famous that you guys would like to or maybe you did auction some of these off. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because um, uh, you go back to the to the late 1960s, uh, a certain movie called Bullet uh, was a hit, and it kind of set the stage uh, for future movies on putting together outrageous chase scenes, although a lot of people feel that uh, the combination of the Mustang versus the Challenger chase scene, or Dodge Charger in that movie uh, still is the best automotive chase scene. Uh, there were two... Uh, Bullet Mustangs built for that movie. Uh, one was essentially destroyed during the filming. The other one was surprisingly w- well preserved. And a couple years ago, we did have a chance to sell that car. It brought uh, just under $4 million. And it was pretty beat up and rusty and paint faded, but it was, it was, it was the car from the movie. And uh, that, I think, is going to go all time is probably the most desirable. Yeah, the bullet car where mentioned th- doesn't the, the hub. The future DeLorean, doesn't that would the certainly be a big contender. And then any of, the, any of the significant cars from, I think, the Batman movies also, I'd have to probably, probably put those up on the list as well, as well as maybe a couple cars from American Graffiti. Uh, you know, kind of a standard bearer of great movies from the early 1970s with the uh, 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 58 Impala and then Milner's 32 Ford. I think those would be a couple of contenders as well. Everybody yeah. would probably have their own opinion on that, but those would be mine. Yeah, the bullet Mustang. With the, doesn't the hubcap fall off that like four or five different times? On the, on the Dodge Charger, yeah, it does. Yes, oh. it does. Well, yeah, I'm glad you noticed that because <laughs> more more wheel covers fell off than were actually ever put on the car. Pretty <laughs> Pretty fun. I guess maybe the General Welcome Lee, the the Dukes of Hazard General Lee, or maybe Knight Rider. But there were so I I read there were so many Knight Rider cars because they smashed like two or three every episode. And then the General Lee from the Dukes of Hazard. There's probably like a hundred of those too. There were a lot of both of those cars over the years. Uh, you could kind of maybe throw in there the Smoking the Bandit car, the '77 Trans Am. Oh yeah. Um, which I will also say that that car not even connect with the movie, but they have exploded in the world with the connection. The '77 Pontiac Trans Am was the car featured in, of course, Smoking the Bandit, and what we refer to as the Bandit Editions, an unofficial name, but regarded today for collectors as what they're called the Black and Gold Special Edition cars. You if should... They're in good condition. They will bring six figure plus all day long now. Now, if you want Later. a little marketing strategy as the, our, the, our generation gets older and these kids are coming up, my generation, uh, you would call it maybe the Smoking the Bandit edition. I would call it maybe the Billy Madison edition, the Billy Madison car where he drives up in a Trans Am uh, to his new yeah. high school. And he's like, I used to be king of this high school, you know, or whatever. So. <laughs> yep, I, rem- I, I remember that scene as well in, in that movie. The REO Speedwagon shirt and the jean jacket. Yep. So, uh, yeah, exactly. it would be really great if Meekum had a Billy Fine. Madison edition auction sometime. Never know. <laughs> All right, we're speaking with John Kramen with Meekum Auctions. They're going to be in Fountain City, Wisconsin. I don't know how he finds it out there, but eventually uh, Google Maps will take you there. But um, the Elmer Auto and Toy Museum is, is up for auction. There's 2,000 things going, I think, or around 2,000 things that make up this uh, this uh, museum. Um, I'll just give you the highlights here. 800 pedal cars, pedal planes, pedal tractors, 230 bikes and trikes, 120 classic and collector vehicles, 160 motorcycles, 120 sleds, carriages, 
and ride on toys. So when I see sleds, like literal sleds that you go down uh, the snow mountain, right? Like that's kind of sleds, not like snowmobiles. Yeah, all true. You can add to that. There's uh, parts of display racks, oil and gas cans, um, what we call road art, which would be miscellaneous signs, different things that decorate, uh, you know, any type of collector space. It's pretty crazy, the eclectic mix and the quality of the items. Uh, most in very good original condition. Elmer really had an eye for picking high-quality items and preserving them over many, many years. Now, can you just give me some of the highlights that, that will be at this museum? And in general, do you guys have any idea, like, you know, if you if somebody were to just come in that was a crazy collector and went, like Elmer, perhaps, and went and just had, uh, like, what would it, what would all this stuff be guesstimated to be worth? Do you have any idea there? Like, if the whole yeah. lot... No, we haven't put, it's a great question, but we, no, we, we haven't put any uh, auction estimates uh, on anything, and the variety and the uncertainty and the rarity of a lot of these items. You know, some of these items uh, date back to the early 1900s uh, and are believed to be maybe the only known uh, examples, especially when it comes to some of these uh, pedal cars. That was really a uh, particular interest of Elmer, and, you know, talking to his family and why uh, growing up there in the Fountain City area, many generations uh, uh, of the family have grown up there. Uh, they were just working people and couldn't afford a lot of things. And once Elmer made it a big and was successful, he uh, showed his passion, his interest and strength for high quality vintage uh, cars and anything associated with it and just went crazy to the point where probably a lot of your listeners have actually been there. Uh, over the years, uh, it's been open to the public uh, and folks have been able to, you know, go in there and, you know, walk around and tour it, talk to the family members, talk to Elmer when he was still around and hear the stories of how all of these items were acquired. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, Rick, it's not just the individual items, but it's the story that goes along with it. And I think the fact that they're all under the the halo of this Elmer's collection is going to put literally anything bought from here on a bit of a pedestal, on a halo. And we'll be, you know, proud to say I got that at Elmer's. I mean, this is really a major collection and a major opportunity for collectors to, you know, take advantage of just how specific and careful he was about his collecting strategy. Now, obviously, you're talking about how unique some of the items have, maybe even one of kind items. How unique is it that Meekum goes to a, a town like Fountain City in Wisconsin on the river uh, and and does something like this? Do you got have you guys ever ever done something similar to this before? Yeah, we actually have. We've actually, I would say, probably a couple times, a couple times a year, we uh, we will uh, uh, run into a collection of items, let's just say for uh, discussion purposes, just items, but never, never in Meekum's history have we ever had a collection that has spanned so many different genres of collecting. You know, we've already run down a couple times the list and the variety of everything. Folks can go to Meekum.com and scroll through everything that we're talking about and have a good look at everything. But typically, they'll be very heavy on trucks or heavy on tractors or strictly pedal cars. But to have as many items at one auction under a couple of different buildings, it's on one property and they're different buildings, but in one basic location is really kind of unprecedented. Uh, and, and I think it's worth repeating, uh, all four days of all these several thousand items, everything is going to sell. There are no reserves on anything. The highest bidder is going to take it home. So anybody that's interested in bidding knows that if they're the high bidder, 
they're going to be able to take home whatever they bought, as opposed to a reserve auction where there's a protected or a reserve price. And if it doesn't reach a specific number, uh, the auction company's under no obligation to sell. It does not apply to this. Now, Everything it, is selling. I think it costs, it looks like it costs $100 to go to the auction and be part of the bidding process. No, there's no spectating. So everyone that wants to go will have, right? It's 100 bucks. It's Yeah, it's $100. If somebody wants to go to be a spectator, they will have to pay the $100 bidder registration fee, but that allows entry into the event for all four days. Pretty good value. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. And then you get to kind of see some of the, the highlights here. I mean, when I, I, it's, it's hard to describe some of this stuff because – like it's a it's a pedal car or something like that. But do you have like this? These are the the, the three. I like to do lists. So these are like the top three things, in my opinion, that might just that are attracting people from all over the world. Is there a car maybe? And then, uh, you know, maybe there's more than one vehicle. And then is there just like other obscure items that that people probably wouldn't even think that that would be that rare? Well, actually, I'm I'm glad you asked that because there's there's really there's there's two cars that I would just like to mention that that hit me. Number one is a 1966 Pontiac GTO, you know, one of the original muscle cars. Of course, the GTO started the muscle car craze in 1964, but they have a 1966 GTO that's all original. Usual colors, it's silver with a blue interior. It's got what we refer to as the big engine, the big tri-power engine, just like the song, three deuces and a four-speed, and a 389. Uh, that car really talks to me. And then Elmer in 1978 bought a 25th anniversary edition Corvette. Not so unusual. They made quite a few of them. But it's got about five original miles on it. All of the plastic is still in the interior, on the carpeting, and on the seats. It is the freshest, newest 19. 19- 78, 25th anniversary, collector's edition Corvette on the planet. It probably will never be driven. It'll go into a high-end collection representing a high point in Corvette history. Uh, the car even uh, the car even smells new inside. So uh, many, many other cars, so many items that would be noteworthy. But those are the two that really kind of stuck out in my mind. Yeah, I'm looking at your website. I'm looking at it. It's got 5.4 miles on it. I had Brad Duhlman on my show a couple of weeks ago, and he said, the only, the really, they only drove it off the trailer and on the trailer, essentially, and then just put it. And I made the joke again. I made that joke like your <laughs> Elmer must have been like this new toy, new in box. Don't open it. Don't ever touch it. But also with uh, internal combustion engine vehicles, like full size cars, like he's doing <laughs> new in box. Don't touch it. I don't want to open it. Yeah, Corvette. That's never been driven. I'm looking at uh, pictures though. Like it's a little rusty inside. The engine's got you know some of the springs and stuff are a little rusty. You can see it de- definitely. The interior is immaculate. Um, I, I yeah, just it's just crazy to me to think like we're never going to drive this. I tell my, I told my dad about this, um, who's a car guy himself. He's got uh, throughout my life. I think we've had at one point in time twenty five cars at the same time. His pride and joy, by the way, oh John, a fifty six F one hundred that is fire engine blue. If that's uh, if you know what that means, um, like okay, sparkly. Yeah, cool. It's like a sparkly yeah. blue. Uh, it's three on the tree, and uh, the last time I drove it, the left front brake didn't work so well. So every time you hit the brakes, you went careening into the right into the ditch. You know, no power steering. You're holding this giant steering wheel, so you're just trying to keep it on the road. <laughs> um, but yeah, this Corvette, new in box, like essentially new in box. But um, yeah, any like, and that's one of your favorites. Uh, what about anything else that's just not car related that maybe some obscure collector got got word of and is going to come over from like you know maybe across the ocean to check out this thing or, or bid on it online? Well, you know, it's interesting that you ask that because 
Um, this is going to be because this collection is so chock full of what I would refer to as Americana, uh, primarily American built vehicles with a few exceptions, primarily American built products in regard to the vintage pedal cars and bicycles and the kitty rides and all that stuff. But I do have to say something we haven't talked about that I think is worthy of mentioning for up in your area is one of, well, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, the best collection of vintage snowmobiles that I have ever seen, doesn't mean it's the best in the world, including a couple of uh, snowmobiles from the 1960s that represent the first of their kind, including a 1966 Snow Pony Colt. Uh, and, and some of these are a lot like the Corvette we talked about, where they literally are brand spanking new. So uh, don't know if, if, if there's about, I think, a dozen or so of them, if they'll ever uh, you know, hit the trails during the wintertime. But certainly I'm sure there's collectors out there for snowmobiles that are going to be paying a lot of attention and probably paying some pretty good money for this great little collection of snowmobiles. And once again, man, everything that we're talking about, Meekum.com, click on Elmer's and scroll one right after another at all these lots for folks to be able to shake hands with and take a look at. That's John Kramen. He's with Meekum Auctions. He's the guy you hear on TV, although this auction itself won't be televised. I'm going to go up there and, and cover it one day, so I'll probably have some some videos and stuff. So I will stick my neck out and say that I think we'll probably have more people participating by telephone and via the Internet than will actually be showing up in person, although I think we're going to have a pretty big crowd on site as well. If you're buying what, what we refer to as small, small items, uh, such as, say, like a pedal car versus a full-size car, there's there's less of a chance that folks are going to want to see that in person cars. Typically they want to put their hands on and see them in person while Definitely. other smaller pieces, you can tell pretty well by the detailed photographs that we've taken of everything that kind of shape. So I think we'll be seeing a lot of absentee bidding on this one. Yeah. And it's nice that you get on each pedal car and pedal it around for everybody. Those videos are nice, John. I appreciate those. <laughs> you, just, you just have to be a small person. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, John. Thanks a lot. All right, Rick. Thank you so much, man. We really appreciate the interest. All right. We'll be back after this. All right. That's going to wrap things up for Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Thinking ahead already because I got to get up early in the morning to be on Mike Hayes' show tomorrow. See what kind of things we could talk about. Uh, city council meeting, obviously, if maybe not, obviously, but there is a city council meeting tomorrow night. Uh, conversion therapy ban, uh, climate emergency declaration, uh, capital improvement budget, which is like tens of millions of dollars. Uh, some important stuff on there, but, you know, like we always talk about, once it gets to the city council portion the monthly meeting, the city council meets in full to decide on the stuff. That stuff's usually pretty much decided on. Some of the stuff kind of comes back once in a while. But um, anyway, I appreciate John Craman coming on from Meekum Auctions, the uh, Elmer Auto and Toy Museum auction. Four days next week. A week from today, it begins. 100 bucks. if you wanted to just go check out. If you like old things, I mean, you could have gone any other time in the weekend to check out some of this stuff but if you wanted to see how these Meekum auctions worked pretty big deal uh, when it comes to that genre right like that that kind of thing uh they're they're the best in the world so pretty crazy that they're coming to fountain city anyway thanks everybody for listening we'll do it all over tomorrow